Welcome to Fat Chicks on Top. This podcast contains frank discussions about the body, sexuality, and occasionally uses swear words, which may not be appropriate for people under the age of 18. This podcast also uses facts, statistics, and mathematics, which may not be appropriate for liberal arts majors. And this podcast relies on science and reality, which may not be appropriate for evangelicals. on top you're here with your host auntie vice and today we have a wonderful guest mr shari she is a full-time professional dominatrix so for all of you who have been fantasizing about making this your job now and i know i have quite a few listeners who do uh we're gonna get the ins and outs of of how you make this your career welcome to the show thank you thank you i'm happy to be here we'll start with the first first question how'd you get into doing this full-time because this is not something high school counselors advise you to go into as a profession no, no, they really don't. In fact, they, they probably would sway you away from it. And I fell into it accidentally, like like any other person would. Now, I, without revealing my age, I am older. And um, I discovered BDSM before there was an internet, if you can imagine. I mean, it was hard to find it then. But I, you know, I have one of those just unique stories where I was dancing in I was living in Atlanta where I went to graduate school and I was dancing around a pole to pay for it because that's what you would do. You know, it was the easiest way to make money in the 80s and 90s and um, and the quickest. And because I'm from the East Coast, and which makes me a little bit snobby, um, I, of course, went to the best hair salon in Atlanta. Like, why wouldn't I? That's, of course, where I'm going to go. And my hairdresser, who was this lovely gay man, you know, you tell your hairdresser everything. So, you know, then it starts on fantasies and what you're doing and who you're there. And he just saw me as this very young 21-year-old girl who was going to get her ass kicked and end up dead because I, I had New York street smarts, but they're not the same as Southern, like hillbilly red, like it's a whole different ball game there. And he just wanted to protect me. So he invited me over to his house one night, we sat, we talked, and it occurred to me that he lived in a beautiful house and I would have loved to have lived there, but you have to follow rules. And his rules you know, fell into this BDSM caveat because he was a gay leather daddy and he was well known in Atlanta. So he threw lots of parties and he, you know, he needed a nice young girl. And in the eighties and the nineties, there was no politically correct, political correctness. Certainly none to me. Like when I look back on it, I don't see anything ever wrong. It was a wonderful experience for me. But yeah, when I speak to younger people, they're like, oh, my God, you were so grim. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, that's not how I felt. <laughs> you know, for me, it was like a game. And I was one of those girls who always got it right. I never wanted to be punished. I always wanted the rewards. And because he was a great hairdresser and I was a redhead back then, my reward was I got my hair co colored every week and it always looked great. Like, I liked those rewards. So I was behaved. And I always thought, oh, I'm an excellent sub. I follow great rules. And that, that you know, occasionally you would meet men uh, or even women as I was older who would play and, and take on that role for me and be in charge. And I would love it. 
And then um, a couple years down the road, you know, I'm a lot older, a little bit wiser. And I met a professional dom. I was doing a sex toy party for her because I also sell sex toys, you know, like where I go house to house, you know. And I was doing a party for her dungeon in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Like, I'm not kidding. It's in the middle of nowhere. And she looked at me and she went, you would make a great dom. And I went, no, I won't. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And she was like, no, 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 trust me. Come and do a session with me once and let's see if it fits. And oh my God, it was like the minute, it, it, like all the light bulbs. And I was like, I am never going to be a sub again. <laughs> like That's not it. That's, say goodbye. It's over. Like once I stepped into this, it, it really was a better fit. But I think I had to grow into it. Like I think I had to start as a sub. I think doms who were once subs actually make better doms. You know, that's my personal opinion. I'm sure everybody will argue and, you know, go in an uproar. But I just think that you you, you you were on the other side. You understand the value of it. You know, it's not enough to just be like, oh, you like pain or you like humiliation or you like, but to really understand it, I think helps me deliver it better. So it became a natural thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think when you've been a sub first, we tend to be meaner when we dominate. <laughs> Yes, um, we can be, although I have the reputation as the nice Dom, like that's my, you know, I'm, I'm, if you've never tried BDSM before and you want to go to a professional Dom, I'm the one you come to because I'm not the corporal Dom. I have classic rock playing in my sessions. I am giggling. I am laughing. 420 is legal here now. So we have a better time. I mean, I like to have fun in my sessions. I like to make toes curl, you know, and I giggle like I when somebody like, you know, when their whole body squinches up from, you know, the impact and whatever, I laugh, I giggle. It's fun for me. I love pushing the envelopes and seeing somebody like really enjoy having their envelope and their buttons pushed. Oh God. It's like, it's like, an, that's my aphrodisiac, you know? And part of it is because I've been doing this for so long. I don't really have a bucket list anymore. And I'm not saying that to be obnoxious. I'm saying like, I've been doing this for 30 years. I've had plenty of time to make up my own bucket list. I have my own space to do it in. So I, I love when I get a first. I love when a client comes to me and is doing something that even I've not done. Even if I don't like it. Just to say, ooh, something new. Because we don't get to do that, right? I mean, how often do you have, you don't get firsts anymore. The longer you're in it, the harder it is to find them. Yes. Absolutely. You know, like, and it, you know, and it's no fun sometimes having that conversation. Like, oh, I've always wanted to have a threesome. You're like, yeah. Oh, that takes me back. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like where, where am I supposed to go with that? You know? So I, it's, you know, and that, that's the other reason why when you're a professional Dom, you're meeting different people all the time. You're getting exposed to different fetishes, to different kinks. So if you, if you, if you want to try new, new stuff, being professional will really kind of help you do that. I think. Now there, we actually have, you know, Dom training seminars, people used to kind of intern or apprentice to them. Uh, what's, what's for you, what's the most effective way for learning new skills and learning the ropes? You have to apprentice. I mean, I think if you, if you live where you can work in a dungeon with a few women, when you're first starting out. I think it is very effective. It's like when you're first starting to strip, 
you know, you should work with other women and you should learn from all of them. And you take a little bit of each and you kind of make it your own. But you have to learn. You have to learn how you get along with people and how you don't get along with people. That's very important because every customer, every client has a different personality. You're not going to mesh with all of them. I mean, I have some clients that I'll do one series, one routine with, and it's like wildfire and they love it. And and we're so in sync. And so I think this is great. I'm going to do this with so-and-so. And then it's like, oh, it just doesn't even land. It's, it doesn't have the same vibe. So I think by exposing yourself to as many mentors as you can would, would really help. I think you have to get a mentor. You can't learn this online. You can't learn this in a book. You know, you don't learn this by watching a movie. This is a hands-on kind of thing because there is no school for this. Like there's no degree. I don't get to say, oh, I majored in dominatrix, you know, and, and I have my PhD in it. You know, I, you don't get to do that. It'd be nice. Um, mm-hmm. You go to seminars, you go to conventions. Conventions are the key because then you can learn a lot of different techniques the same weekend. You get more bang for your buck, so to speak. You know, and I always profess, like, I don't really think I could teach somebody to be a dom, but I can mentor you to start your own business. You know, I can, I can tell you how to get started, but it's a lot of work. Clients do not fall out of the sky. You know, and every time we learn a place where we can advertise, some, you know, right-wing group will close it down. (laughs) Somebody shuts it down on, like, the back page was wonderful, and then it's gone. And then you have, you know, even Craigslist was good for a time. And, you know, they they shut them all down. So you have to build a reputation. You, You have to. That's why it was so important for me to have my own space. It's easiest to build your reputation when you can host. When you have to have your customers host for you, that that makes it so much harder. You know, and I don't know what it's like. You're in California, right? Yeah. So I don't know what it's like in California. I assume that if the same girl shows up at a hotel once a week, you know, to rent a room, you're going to think she's a hooker too. So I try not to do that, you know? So having your own space really, really helps. And clients prefer it. It's much more anonymous. It's much more unique. And I don't have to pack up my stuff. I don't leave it places. I know where everything is. You know? And at a certain age, hauling all of that equipment becomes quite taxing. Absolutely. And not and they don't they don't always want to pay for my driver to come with me or you know my chaperone. And so it's far easier. Well, then come to me. I got everything right here. You know, like if I want to switch to candle wax in the middle of a session, now I can do that because mm-hmm. I have a much larger room now. So my candle thing is set up permanently. Um, you know, and now I get to find like, now it's great. I'm going to bring in other people to teach so I can learn stuff. Like now I'm going to bring it to me, you know, because before I just had one tiny room in a, a two bedroom apartment, which was great because I got to run my own business for years. But now that I have a bigger space, I get to, I can have classes, other people can take them, but now I can learn stuff too. And I can, I can hone my craft. That's a good way to do it too. If you have the space to bring in people to teach you. And you touch on a bunch of things here. I want to go back and kind of piece out. That that sounds exactly like me. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the first things you said is this is a hands-on thing. And 
it's one of the things I've run into a lot more. I got into kink about the same time you did, pre-internet. And pre-internet, I know. Wild. And and we think it's unsafe now. Can you imagine how unsafe it really was when we were younger? And it's amazing that we're both still still here. Oh yeah. And now there's so many people who think, well, I can just read enough and I can be on Fet Life enough. And then I'm gonna know how to do this. And we have this proliferation of people labeling themselves as dominants who've maybe done two scenes. There's at 22, you know, when they put themselves as a master. And I'm like, really? Of what? <laughs> you know? I think, yeah. I think the best reply I saw to somebody labeling themselves as a master when they were like 22, 23 is somebody replied, nobody cares about your juvenile record. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to use it. Oh, that's brilliant. I'm going to borrow that one. Best reply ever. So this is a hands-on thing. So what what is it about doing hands-on that you learn about yourself and you learn about it in a way that you can't by watching videos and reading books and all of that? Well, okay. First of all, it can, if you've never spanked somebody before with like a giant wooden paddle, it can be very like, oh my God, am I going to really hurt somebody? Am I like, you, you don't know, you don't really know your own strength. You don't know what you're capable of. And you don't have an idea of what someone can take. But the things that you can learn and what you can learn better from another human being than you can from a book or whatever is safe pl- places to spank somebody. Like, so if, you, if I spank a woman right where her ass cups, I'm not going to hurt her no matter how hard I go. So when you're learning, you stick to the safe areas. You, you know, when, you, when you're learning, you, you don't want to keep asking somebody during a session either like, how's that? How's that? How's that? How's that? So you have to be with somebody who's going to teach you to learn, to teach you how to read body language, how to, um, how to ask a question to get your answer, but you, you camouflage it, you know, and, and little, and that's stuff that you just, you, you learn from listening to other people, from watching other people, you know, like. I learned um, a very unique thing from, from a Tom once. And, and, and it, it reminded me, I was just at test fest and somebody did it. And it reminded me of it again, where basically they wanted to know if they were hurting somebody. Right. And they go, so they basically says, they're like, so on a scale of one to 10, how did that feel? Right. And I was like, Ugh, with the, how did it feel? Right. How annoying. Mm-hmm. And I think the person said six and they go, all right, so we're going to try six more sn- snaps that way. Like he used it to then be like, see, you just dug yourself into a, and I, I thought, Ooh, that was cool. That covered it up well. Cause he had to check in. He'd never played with this person before. So you don't get that from a book. You get that from following someone else, from listening to them, from watching other people play, whether it's in a private play space, whether you, you know, contract somebody to, to teach you, whatever it is that, that, that on the job, is important because the book can't tell you what happens when somebody faints on your bench, when uh, somebody, you know, you blindfolded them for so long that they kind of went into a trance and you have to lead them to a safe place to sit down and still be the dom and lead them to a safe place to sit down, you you know, things like that. So I think that that's, that that's the important stuff to learn hands-on. That's what you learn when you go work with other girls. You know, it's like you could be the best dancer in the whole world. You could have taken 14 years of dance classes, ballet, whatever. But until a stripper 
teaches you how to keep your underwear out of your ass, you are not going to know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> That's per- yes, it's true. Right. Yeah. So like, that's the best way I can say it. Yeah. It's like learning to walk sexy. I can read. I can watch somebody online until you had a drag queen on your head and take a walk. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like to understand why Giselle gets paid as much as she does for inventing that stupid walk, but she did. And because it's, it's actually hard to do over and over and over again without falling on your ass. Yeah. Well, and in heels like that. Exactly. I, I, whenever women t- say to me, oh, I want to do a striptease for my partner. I'm always like, that is one of the nicest, best things you can do for them. But you have to practice it. No, I'm a good dancer. No, no, no. You need to practice it in the shoes you intend to, to dance in, in the room you intend to do it in. Otherwise, you are going right down that flight of steps because you left the door open. Y- you have to negotiate your surroundings when you're a dom too. You can't just come in wailing. You could knock out all the lamps in the room. <laughs> like, you know, like you have to know. And and so yeah, that, that they don't cover that in a book. No. Well, yeah. and so you you talk about coming in wailing and knocking the fans and light fixtures down. So I've just started watching How to Build a Sex Room. Oh, and it I kills me. I'm so in love with her. Right. But they're they're building it, but I have yet to see an episode where they have the person they're building the sex room for throwing a flogger or a whip to get the fucking measurements. Oh, you're right. You're you're right, they don't. Well, maybe they'll do a second season and bring a you know a, an expert on. I want to send her my room when I'm done and be like, come tell me how I can pimp it more, you know. Um, but yeah, I, and I was watching the show thinking of I'd get good ideas and I did, but just not for the space I'm in. But she was just so, she's such a pisser. Like, don't you want to hang out with her? You do. She seems so sweet. Yeah. But that, as somebody who is six feet tall and when I have donned, I've been in four to six inch heels. So is that six and a half feet tall? If you give me a five foot bull whip, I need a giant fucking room with a really high ceiling. Yeah, because your wingspan is like way out. Like even even just even if you weren't in heels, you still have a wingspan. Like you still have that six feet that you need around you. You know, so absolutely. I keep looking at these rooms and going, I couldn't flog in there. I'd be like hitting everything nearby. One where you had to crawl into the basement. Oh my god! Backwards, but you could only do it backwards. I'm like, how are you inviting people over to this? (laughs) You know. The one room that I really like, though, is the stripper room. Yeah. I loved that because that is a room that you could hang out in with other people and then have stuff going on and everybody would still be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that kind of vibe. But yeah. And, and, but the one thing that I'm going to do if I ever have another room, whatever, even if the sex room is not hidden, I'm putting in a hidden door to get you there. Like, just because that part, like, oh, it's not a bookshelf. That's the other half of my house. But, but you know, I think that'd be so cool to have like a speakeasy and it's your dungeon. <laughs> oh, it, so my my mom and stepdad had a place here in California for a while. And when you were, you went through the man cave and then you're going down the hall to like the guest room and the bath and everything. And there was a bookcase that was raised off the floor. And when you pressed on a certain level, it opened and that went into the wine cellar. And I kept thinking, I want to do a dungeon here. It's perfect. Right. 
Perfect. Wine cellars are perfect for dungeons. They, like if you ever get a house with a wine cellar, that you immediately go, no, this is where my dungeon will be. Absolutely. So, yeah. which is so funny. My, I, cause like I said, I've only been here for like two days and I had a regular come today and he brought me a case of wine. To person. Wasn't that nice? I love, mm-hmm. I, I have some nice clients. They do give good gifts. That's a perk. It's a nice perk to this job. It really is. <laughs> So you mentioned learning about how you interact with other people, with other women that you work with. What have you learned about yourself in doing this for as long as you have? Oh, I learned I'm always right. No, <laughs> I, I learned that um, I don't make I don't have to be friends with every woman that I work with. Respect is different than friendship, and you can have one without the other. And and it's really important that you learn to do that because there are going to be women that you meet. It's it. Look, I tell even people, if you're going to go work in a hair salon, if you are anywhere where there's a lot of women, you will have strong personalities, period. Mm-hmm. That's just what happens when women get together. And it's important that you recognize how you react to a strong personality, if it brings out the best in you or the worst in you. And when people bring out the worst in you, you keep your distance. Like when you know if they bring out the worst in you, don't hang out with them. But you can still be nice and respectful to them. You know, there were there were there were like two women that I can think of that when I was at the dungeon, I, there was nothing. There was no way we were going to get along. But I was never rude to them. I was never, um, you know, if I had an issue, I spoke about it privately, whatever. Everybody thought we were friends, you know, and that's how it should be. I find. And you'll get that when you have older women in the room. Because we've all been there already. We've all done the bullshit sorority mm-hmm. stuff. So we're over it. But then you put some of those sorority girls in with the older women. And we're like, oh, you know, we're just taking them out. Like, that's it. I can't take it anymore. We have to teach them all lesson. Like, it, 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 it's like babysitting. That, that's my, you know, that's the, that's the caveat. That's what you learn. That, that you, you, ha- you have to only, like, you don't have to be everybody's friends. And you don't have to. Be that you just have to be respectful and and have a good mind, you know. But too often, I think women try to be friends. Oh, we're women; we have to be friends. No, you don't. No. Yeah. And um, but that that is my my thing in life. I tell everybody, you have to be with people who bring out the best in you. If someone brings out the worst in you, it's never going to end well. So move on, you know. You know, but some people like conflict. I, I can't say that it's not. A thing. Some people do get driven by it. You mentioned the age thing, which I think is so critical because I am, I am 50 is real close, right? 50. I don't even need reading glasses to see 50 right now. And uh, I already fell over it. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, And the, the youngest generation coming into this, the 20 somethings have such a different approach to interaction and what, they need for consent and what they need for feeling safe. And I find, especially with those of us who are a little older and came into the scene 20, 30 years ago, there tends to be a lot of friction. How do you manage that? Because I'd imagine you have some younger clients. I have a lot. Well, I have, I I have a lot of younger clients because I'm not like, I'm not an idiot. I attract a certain type of client and some people sitting in there, they think MILF, MILF, like they immediately go there, right? Okay. And, and why not? I mean, I, I walk around with Grateful Dead shirts. I drive a convertible. I'm fun. I, I'm cool to hang out with. I will freely admit I am cool as shit. So if you're a 24 year old guy 
I'm going to be a lot of fun for you to hang out with. And for the most part, I also enjoy them as clients and everything because they still believe in Cinderella and they're not bitter yet and they don't hate women. So it's very nice. For the most part, they do have this like, all, and I think it's just, I hate to say this. I love men. I love hanging out with them. You know, I, I'm, I'm totally pansexual. Like I've been that way my whole life. I know I don't care what you got going on in your pants, but for friendship, I actually prefer men. I, I just get them better. And it doesn't matter what, what age they are. Men are patronizing to women, even at a young age. And that is the one thing that I find so infuriating, especially with the younger generation, where they feel like they have to school me in safe spaces and whatever. And all I want to say is like, look, dude, I totally respect that you need a safe space. But, you know, when I was eight years old, my mother handed me a key and told me to leave the door locked when I got home from school. You know, like my safe space, I get, I can control my own safe space. I already know how to do that. I don't need, mm-hmm. my safe space is going to look different than yours. And I don't need a lecture on it. Just like, I'm not going to lecture you on yours, but I do find it doesn't matter the age. They're still patronizing. And it's an incredible thing to me. Cause it's like, huh? Like it, it, it's just, Oh, cause I have boobs. You think you can talk down, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and so when you have a job like this, it's a wonderful opportunity to be like, let me teach you how to treat women, you so- know? And part of my mission of being the nice Dom is I want to create the best boyfriends in the whole world. If every guy that comes to see me, right. And, and I work with a lot of couples, but when, when, and when they come to see me, I, he is going to be the best boyfriend when he, like, that's it. Because that, that's what I can control. And I'm going to do that. Cause if I can put a lot of, and I don't want to say boy, best partners, I, I should say it that way. I would like to just create best partners because I've I've always been that person that if you wake up to this, when you wake up in the morning and you look at the person you're in bed with, no matter what happens, if you still like that person, whatever you got going on, you're going to, you're going to fix it. You're going to tackle it. You're going to get through it. When you look over next to you and you don't like that person, your whole world is, you know, nothing is good. Nothing is good. So it's really important to be good partners. And I try to teach that. And you can teach that by having dominance by being in control by um you know uh playing couples that play together stay together i mean we've heard that our mm-hmm. whole life but uh, but i i love when i you know i teach a lot of couples where he's been thinking about this for 25 years of his life fantasizing 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 she's completely vanilla he finally gets the nerve to tell her right and he doesn't he wonders like why isn't she as excited as i am and it's like, well, because you've been thinking about it for 25 years and she's had 25 seconds. Give her time to catch up. And I like to show them how like your fantasy doesn't have to look like your fantasy, but it could be a path to looking like your fantasy if you take the baby step. Like I love working with couples so they can see that. And when they see that, it's like those light bulbs go off all over. And I love that. I, I love when they're like, oh, oh, I get it now. That's how we could be for each other in this moment so that you feel relaxed, you feel fulfilled, and I feel the same way. And that's going back to what you had mentioned with my clients, that interaction. When they leave here, they're not supposed to leave here feeling like, oh, now I got to go find another outlet for what I just went through. No, when they leave here, it's become sacred. 
they like, they hold on to it. They want to revisit it privately later on, you know, they feel the marks they want to admire it, it. And that's how I want them to leave here. Like that. This is their, their, this is their safe space. <laughs> what does a great partner look like in, in a relationship or mm-hmm. like yeah, in a relationship? It's the same thing as before. They bring out the best in you. They bring out the best in you. That means like when, when there's a tragedy, they call you to be like, they, they just bring you into being, I mean, I, like, I don't want to get all existential. I'm a form graduate. Ca- a lot of Californians know what that means. I've been doing it since I was 16. Like even before I discovered BDSM, I was on the S train because my parents were hippies. Like I can't help it. It's ingrained in me. And, but because of that, I, I, I just think like when people bring out the best in each other, it shows you could, they'll take care of each other. They will. They'll go that extra mile. They'll know what it takes to create that safe space for that person, to make them feel safe in that relationship, to know what pace to go at. You know, because when it comes to BDSM, whoever is going the slowest, that's the pace you follow. That's the bad news, right? That's the bad news. You cannot world like you cannot whirlwind this on because you can really scare somebody, you can hurt them. There's like a million things that can go wrong. This is one of those things that baby steps is really important, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, if you're with a partner who brings out the best in you, you will take the time and the care to do those baby steps to bring them along as they can do it and not rush them. Cause then you'll, it'll blow up in your face. We've all seen that. Right. I mean, I, you know, it's especially when that girl who's been searching for her perfect dom and she found him on the internet. And, oh my God, he's so wonderful. And, da, 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 da. and then you're like, oh, Christ. You know, like, I hope, I hope you're right. And you know, deep down, like there's no way she's right. You know, especially since he's 26 and put master on. <laughs> um, but you don't know what I'm saying. Like, there's, you know, and you just wait for it. You're like, okay, well, is he going to bring out the best in her? Maybe this can still be a good learning experience for him or her or them, you, you know, but like, it's, you hope for that. And it may not always be that. And, and that's that, that's the, the trickiest part about being a pro dom is that people will come to you to brag about their amazing relationship that they just found. And because you're an expert, because you're a professional, like just rockets run off in your head of like, oh my God, call the police. But mm-hmm. you also want to be the good friend and patient and be like, okay, <laughs> you know, let's, let's break this down. So it, it, it's, that's fine. It's hard. So my advice is to be a good dom, be an honest one, be, you know, be true to who you are. Like, in other words, like, don't say you're a pro dom and then have sex with your clients. And then you're not a pro dom. Right. It's another you know? realm. Yeah. And don't say you're a pro dom and just, collect from your clients and ghost them. That's not good either. You know, like that, that's that, because that's, that also screws it up for the rest of us. Cause when I ask for a deposit, they're like, no, I don't like to give a deposit. I got screwed last time. I'm like, okay, but I don't work without one. What can I tell you? you right. But if that, it, so, cause there's that too, there's that, the, the fin dom thing, which I'm not, I don't participate in. I believe if you're going to give me money, then I, I will do an act for, you know what I'm saying? Like, you pay for the service, you get a service. You know, more power to those women who can just collect online. But that's a lot of work. Have you noticed? That's a yes, lot yes. of work. 
You know, although I will say when I first found out about it and I was listening to a couple of the the financial dominatrix for those of you who don't know the fin, FinDom uh moniker. Right, uh, and then there's FinDom and FinDom yes. not a Finnish dom. No. <laughs> um, my first thought was I really should have paid more attention to learning to code in high school. And like if they put this in this damn thing, like this could be your career. You don't have to go into programming games. There'd be a number of girls going, I'm gonna pay attention in this class. Right. Oh yeah. If just call the class how to get shoes for free. And we there would have you, you know, but you know, and 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 more power to them. Some of them really do, but I, I think that a lot of a lot of young girls, especially a lot mm. of this new generation, this like I'm entitled, gimme, gimme, gimme. So they're like, I'm just going to go into a fin dom. I'll just flash a shoulder every once in a while and do a duck face and I'll be fine. They don't realize, no, no, that is day and night following up online, sending email after email, making sure something, then you have to stay on top. You said you'd have it in by one. I don't have that kind of time. Thank you. I would love to reap the rewards of that. But then that's work. And I'll just get it. I'll just get a job. Right. Right. So it just, yeah, that, that, that would be the advice that I give to people who want to go the FinDom route. Yeah. Just know that's hours and hours of work. That is not just, Oh, hi, send me money. Cause if it was that easy, we'd all do it. Right. Correct. Yeah. The other thing you mentioned that I don't think a lot of people realize when they start thinking about this as an option for a career is how much you have to understand business because it's running a small business, right? It's running a small business and it's running a small business that most banks will not do business with. That is a very important thing to understand that this is a basically a cash business. So if you are not familiar with accounting or how to file your own tax return, you better learn because if the quickest way to get somebody to come after you is to not pay your taxes. That, that's the quickest way to show up on their radar. But if you follow all the rules, nobody's going to pay any attention to you. So that's the first thing you got to do. You got to understand how people are going to pay you, how you're going to accept it, and how you're going to explain what you're accepting. And, you know, that's like a business 101 thing. But and that's like when I do teach, when I do mentor girls, that's where I mentor them from. I don't mentor them from swing this way and do no, no. You want to come learn how to do that? Fine. You'll sit in on sessions with me. You'll learn hands-on. That'll come to you. But in order for me to teach you to dom, to, to be pro-dom as a business, I got to teach you a little business. You, you got to know how to market yourself. You got to know how to carry yourself. I can't tell you. I had two women once say to me, like, oh, can you, you know, talk to me about being a pro dom? And I said, and I looked at their, they go, look at my profile. What do you think? I go, get the naked pictures off. I go, you should not have any pictures of you naked. I don't care how beautiful you are. I don't care how great that picture is. If you want to show that off, you have to make them earn it. You know, like think like things about that. Like, you know, like I have a I have a photo book here because I do a lot of photo shoots. You have to as a pro dom. That's another thing. You have to have current photos. Um, and some of the photos get a little risque for fun or whatever, and I keep them in a book. And if you want to see those, I, I got to know that you're a regular, you come here regularly. That's a reward. That's a treat. And, and that, and that, and that becomes powerful. You know, they're like, Oh, wait, I, she said six sessions and I get to see page one. 
You know, so it brings clients back to me, gives them a, a goal and incentive. You, you know, you got to like, you know, feed the right wolf, right? Well, and you can't go into this thinking that all it is is showing up and doing scenes because the back end work and building out websites and finding clients and recruiting them and marketing them and doing all the accounting and all the photo shoots and that's and a if, shit and if, you're, if you're gonna have somebody work with you, like my my right. sub is also my assistant. Um, he's my you know he is my boi Friday, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and he's terrific and. Because he's a millennial, he understands social media. So thank God for that. You know, and because he's trans, he teaches me to be very inclusive in my language because I needed help with that because I'm from a generation that was not. And, um, you know, you have to surround yourself with somebody you can trust and that you can lean on. And here's the thing, you know, that um, all my fan mail gets screened. screens it for me. Not because anything bad comes through or that I couldn't handle it. Some of it might... would bother me to the point where it would be all I think about. And that's not good. And it's not something, you know, it's not, it's not really a danger. It's not something that I have to really spend a lot of time with, but I will. So I have somebody who buffers that for me. Who's like, Oh, read this fan mail, read this one. Don't read it. You know, that helps. That's important too. Anybody who has a social media presence should have a in-between because yes, some criticisms you need to read. Most you don't, because most is just trolls, right? Like, yeah, and you don't, and it don't make sense, and then and it'll upset you, and you don't need that in your life. So that's that's another thing I, I encourage people to get: get yourself a buffer that you trust. Uh, don't barter. Don't barter for anything when you are starting a business. Pay for it, have the service, have them do it, and whatever. Because otherwise, if you go, oh, yeah, I'll do sessions for you and you do my website. Great. Now they help, they're going to hold your website hostage. Uh-huh. You know, so there's like a lot of things that as a pro dom, I get to barter a lot. I have the opportunity. You know, I can get a lot of free shit, but mm, I'm in business and I want to stay in business and I want to be successful and I want to be in control of my reputation. Exactly. You don't want anybody with passwords to your social media or your web account that could get really pissed off and and then take over it. Because even if for a day or two, that can fuck you up. Right. When uh, somebody out of the goodness of their heart and they just really want, they were inspired and they wanted to create my logo for me. And I love my logo. And he didn't want any money for it. So I made him sign a piece of paper that says I own it so that it never bites me in the ass. But you gave this to me for free. And he was fine signing it because he was like, yep, absolutely. But at least I have the confidence to know that, God forbid, if I become huge and a national name and a franchise, it's not going to happen. But he could totally come after me for my logo. But now I have protection. You, you know, it's those little things. Um, but yeah, they, 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 I mean, there is no Dominatrix 101. Start your business now. I mean, you know. I wish there was, because there's a lot of things I learned that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done it that way. You know, I, there's a lot of things that I made mistakes on too, right? Because you are learning on your own. And working in a dungeon really taught me a lot of things not to do, you know, and, and you have to pay attention. Like, yeah, maybe when I was younger, it was great. You pay one fee, you do a convention a whole weekend, you learn tons of stuff. You know, people don't want that anymore. 
They want to pick mm-hmm. and choose. They only want to pay for the classes they're going to show up to. So now I'm going to organize my business to accommodate that instead of the way I think it should be, the way I think it would be more beneficial. But, you know, the audience does not agree. So I'm perfectly happy to follow my audience. And that that's learning and understanding how business works because you cannot force clientele in any type of business to meet you on your terms. Yeah. And there is like the whole customer is always right thing. Yeah. And the beauty of my job is, uh, you know, you may think you're, you're not, right, tell you you're wrong. And that's part of my shtick and it works, but not every job works that way. You know, mine, it works, you know, but it's, it's, yeah, you got, you, got, you have to understand what you're doing it for too. You have to have a why. It's not enough to just be like, I like sex and hitting people. <laughs> like that's, that's not a good enough reason. You know, for me, I, I look at it as like, I'm helping people relax. I'm helping them. You know, if you think about it, would you rather your husband come see me where I stay fully closed and there's no sex or go see a prostitute? Nine times out of 10, every woman's not rather my husband go see her if he has to see anybody at all. Because I'm the top of the food chain. My clothes never come off. <laughs> Nobody can touch me. And everybody is tied up. And he's going to get an understanding of real consent. Right. And, and, and it, it's, you know, it, it's a real, uh, what's the word? Like, it's just, um, w- when people come to see me, like, they want this. They, 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 they want someone else to take charge, to make decisions for them. Because my content, the, the people that come to see us, they're not the, the, the like a toll worker or no, these are big, important people with big, important jobs. This is how they relax by doing the opposite. Which is why women make such great dominatrixes because we've spent lifetimes being repressed. <laughs> you know? And it feels really good to tell somebody what to do and have them fucking do it without question. As somebody who worked in politics for so many years and everything was negotiation and power dynamics, to just be able to say, no, I'm now the top of the food chain and I don't give a shit about all these other dynamics. Oh my God, it's so refreshing. It, it's it's like freeing. I, I love when they, they write to me and they're like, I want to do this today. And I'm like, Really? Because I don't want to do that today. I want to do this today. I got a new toy. I need to play with, you, you know? And they'll just like, okay, mistress. Okay, ma'am. I love that. It, it, it's, it's, it makes it nice. And it also, um, I especially love, like I said, I want to create a lot of good boyfriends. So when I get the young boys in here, I, pl- I ask them, I go, so let me ask you, when you take a girl out, you open the door for her, don't you? Should I do that, ma'am? Yes, you should. Um, and it's not always like, because they're, some of them don't have fathers that they've never been taught how to treat a woman, you know? So they come here and they think, Ooh, I saw on the internet, an older woman, she'll teach me how to be a man. Yes, we will. We absolutely will. You know, and, and younger and younger, they come to us because of the internet, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's unbelievable. And we don't teach anywhere in the U.S. how to negotiate adult relationships. That's not part of the sex ed. And that's what what teens and young adults need to figure out is how do you negotiate these adult relationships? And we, I mean, it's trial and error. And if you grew up without a good role model, Mm 
then you're really like what you're learning on TV and stuff is, is not how to be a great partner. Right. Especially if you learned it during any eighties movie. Oh Jesus. Right. Cause none of I mean, you, you look back at them and you're like, Oh my God, you would never treat a woman or a man that way. Like there were just certain things you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe you thought that was okay to say to someone. But, but even still, like, I love when I get couples, they really are my favorite to work with. I tell people all the time, I go, look, I'm a great date night. Surprise your spouse and bring them to see me for a date night. You'll have the time of your life. You know, you'll learn something new. We'll turn him into Christian Grey and everybody will be happy. You know, because what happens is with women, right? We, we read those books, right? And if we're adventurous enough, we've read better books, right? Mm-hmm. We, oh, I like this, but there's got to be better. And we've taken, you know, and then we're like, how can I get my partner to be this? And this is always my first question. Did your partner go to Catholic school? Yes. Yes, they did at some point in their lifetime, right? And I go, great. They were taught their whole life not to hit a girl. I have to teach them. It is much easier for me to turn a woman into a dominatrix than a man into a dominant. Because of that very reason. Because his whole life, women are fragile. You can't hurt them. And now my wife wants me to spank her. Right? Like the tap. That's what she said. I'm like, no, no, no. So it takes me to sit there and bend her over and go, no, look, she can take it, whatever. And, you know, for a lot of guys, smiling. The threesome. So they're happy. You know, they're like, this is the best night out. But they also <laughs> learn from me. And then it's like, I'll get emails and I'll get calls from them. Oh my God, could we come back? Because now we want to take it to a new level. Now we're ready. And I love it. I love being a part of, like, I don't know that I'm the reason they may stay together another year or two or forever, but I might be. And I like that idea, you know? Um, you know, I mean, so, like once one of the women, she asked me, she goes, why do you do that? Like, really, why do you do this? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, like, listen, ever since I was a teenager, the minute I discovered sex, I pretty much had one goal. If there is somebody waiting up there in heaven, right, and like checking you in to speak, I seriously want them to be like, "Oh, so you're the one they've all been fantasizing about? It's you!" <laughs> like, like, I want that moment, right? We're like, "Oh, finally, she's here." That to me would be a great moment, you know. Like, if if on, if on every man's deathbed and they were calling the five best, I just want to be in the top five. I don't have to be number one. I don't care from number five. I just want to be in the five. I think that's a good goal. You know, it's a nice goal. (laughs) I've informed more than the one partner that at my funeral, I want at least one of them to say, man, and she gave the best fucking blow job. Like, thank you. Like, don't kid yourself because any guy that I, a lot of my ex-boyfriends are friends of mine still. I, I, like I said, I get along better with men. So I was able to, maintain friendships. And I always ask them, I'm like, no one's kicked me out of my title yet. I mean, I te- first of all, I've been teaching a blowjob class for 25 years because my gay leather dom taught me how. Of course I know how to know what I'm doing. So I get very upset if I relinquish my title. And that's the first thing I check in my old boyfriend. <laughs> like, I still have my title, right? Like, you, still have yes. you know, that's all I want. You know, but, it, but it's true. Like, you know, if somebody's going to remember me, I want them to remember the good time, the happy, you know, not the crazy. That's so fun. So, <laughs> yeah, but right. Like, so yeah, 
I better, I better still retain all my titles, you know? So I don't want to keep you too much past the time and, and we're, we're at that. So what are you currently grateful for? Well, I, I have to say I am currently grateful for, I have a tremendous family and what I, and, and it's mostly my kink family that I'm referring to. Uh, my husband, even though he is not involved in kink, not really interested, but totally supportive. He built me the bench that my phone is resting on right now. He built me the bed that is upstairs that has 22 tie points on it. Do you know what I mean? He's not into it, but he's into it for me. So I'm very grateful that that's a very lucky thing for a woman to have in her life, uh, to have her partner just be supportive. Even if they don't get it, they can still support it. That's a rare. Um, my sub, he is um, amazing. He moved his whole life up to here so that we can have a bigger space and so that we can open up. Like, that's the thing we want to, we want to see, is this a business that we can really invest in? Because my dream is to turn it into a bed and breakfast, a kinky bed and breakfast. So every room is a different room, a different theme. And even if you are uh, like, you know, a traveling student, well, then there'll be a dormitory you can stay in. Like I have a vision, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's going to take my sub who's trans and poly and isn't interested in settling down with one person. That's the kind of business partner I need because I can say now you can live at the bed and breakfast, (laughs) you know. But that's what I'm really grateful that I have this ability to do this. This is a rare thing, especially in today's age, like starting a business, not easy. And uh, especially a business you can't advertise, you can't publicize. Mm-hmm. You It only works on word of mouth. So everybody go to my website, mischiefmatters.com. Um, that's where you will find out about me. Um, it's also where you'll find out. We call this Mischief Manor. That's what we've named it. Um, and you know, we're going to be open the third weekend of every month for parties Friday night. My sub is in charge of those parties because they're going to be all LGBTQ themed specific to that community. It's important to him. It's important to me. And then the Saturday night will be the everybody's party, you know, which is a theme. I like themes like eighties girl. I have to theme. Um, so, you know, I'll do that. And then we're going to offer classes. I'll teach some, but I'm going to bring in other experts. Everybody can't take only classes from me. I'm good. But, you know, after a while, they're going to be like, we've taken all your classes. Can you please bring in some more? <laughs> I can only teach a few things. <laughs> so they find you on FET Life, too, because we have lots yeah. of listeners on FET. Yes. Under Mistress Shari as one word with just two S's. Like, so it's Mistress Shari. The key to mm-hmm. finding me, honestly, if you can spell my first name, you'll find me everywhere. It's S-C-H-A-R-I. I've never met another human being with my name. Um, so I kept it because first of all, if I gave, if I gave myself a fake name, I'd never answer. And, you know, when you have a unique name, I felt I, there's a reason you have it. Right. So, um, so I keep, I keep that. Uh, and, and everything is either Shari or mischief matters. So I have the Instagram, the Twitter, please note that my sub answers everything before I do. So if you write me an email, it gets screened, but I will answer as long as, you know, you don't write something you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if it comes across in magazine picture cutouts, I'm never going to see that email. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a ransom note, I'm never going to see it. <laughs> no, no. And it's not going to be paid. But absolutely, exactly. But uh, it's, uh, you know, I encourage people, like if you're curious, if you're ever in the New York area. And you want to come session with me. That's how you'll find out. You want to come check out my dungeon with your partner. 
you know, you want to rent it for a photography shoot. That's the other thing about having a space like this. I can have photography here, you know, and in boudoir photography. Um, you should see my my rope and romance room. That's what I have. It's that's where my the bed that my husband built. The rope and romance. My first sign didn't look very good. It looked like rape and romance because it was written oh. in a font. Some fun fonts just don't read well, and you have to you, you have to let it go and say I can't use that font and you know make it because I don't need anybody thinking that that's what goes on in that room. <laughs> Trust me, it was, it was Auntie Vice in the wrong font. It looks more like Cunty Vice. So uh, absolutely, I totally see that. Yes, you, you got you got to be careful. You, you got to pick your font. But uh, it, it's it's I, I encourage. Look, if people want to get into this, you get a mentor. Mm-hmm. That's that's the, really what you you got to look at this like a, like welding. You know, you got to be a journeyman for a while. You know, like an apprentice, and that, and it's funny. I, I everybody asks, well, where'd you learn? I tell, it's like Fight Club. You don't talk about it. You don't announce it. You don't just like one day. I am now a pro. Like that's how that works. You know, and, yeah. and someone asked me, what's the difference between a dominating woman or a dominatrix? I get paid. <laughs> yes, and you can pick your clients, right? And but that's the difference. You know, so if you if you feel like you could do this. Oh, it's worth doing because it's nice having your own schedule. It's nice. Like when I have to call in sick, I call me. Right? Like if you want to take a vacation, you ask me, you ask yourself. (laughs) I just put it on my calendar. Yeah. Yeah. It's very freeing to work for yourself. As a woman, it's important to do. I mean, it's important to do as a man too, but I'm a woman. So I can only speak to that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. This has been excellent. And now we're going to get you on my show. So Excellent. excellent. Yes, I'll be on your show soon, and we'll get that announced, too. We'll get that done. Um, but, yeah, because my, my, from California, that'll be like, they'll love that, just the, the whole other side of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, then I, can, then I can find out about you. This is your anti-vice. If you're looking for some great sex toys, check out thesexshed.com this week and use code Rebecca10 for 10% off any purchases. If you're looking for books and gear, Wicked Grounds is now offering personal shoppers on Wednesday. Contact wickedgrounds.com and work with somebody to find the things that best fit you. Finally, Check out loveletterstoaunicorn.com this week. I'm working with a couple of academics on sexuality research. Please consider participating. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fat Chicks on Top. Please like, subscribe, and review our podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. If we like your review, we may even read it online. This has been an Auntie Vice production. Producer and host, Rebecca Blanton. 
Audio production by Sharon Smith. Music by David Manga. And more music by Sharon Smith. For more information about Fat Chicks on Top, please visit our website for all things Fat Chicks at fatchicksontop.com.